Hi, this is Pia from the Minneapolis Podcast Brunch Club chapter. I curated the September playlist on ocean conservation, and I'm very excited to share it with you all. So I curated this list for three reasons. One, because the oceans are awesome. They're so interesting and mysterious. I think sea life is fascinating, and oceans are so amazing, it produces over 50% of the oxygen we breathe. Two, ocean conservation is very important, especially right now. From plastic pollution to ocean acidification, our oceans need some serious TLC, and podcasts are a great way to learn more about how we can get involved. Three, I created this list to inspire us all to take action this month. September is the month of a really great event called International Coastal Cleanup Day. It's the 34th annual year for this event. Worldwide volunteers take part and get involved. Even if you listen to this after the event, take part in an organized cleanup in your community. Or if you don't find one that works with your schedule, just go out and take three for the sea. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the playlist and let's get out there and take action for our oceans. Hey everyone. So glad we just got to hear from Pia from our Minneapolis Podcast Brunch Club chapter. I loved this month's podcast playlist on ocean conservation. You can find the playlist at podcastbrunchclub.com slash ocean dash conservation. I'm here with Sarah DeSilva, my co-host on the podcast and founder of Audible Feast. Hey, Sarah. Hey there. So this playlist is really interesting to me. And my question for you is, what did you learn from this playlist? We're always trying to learn new things through Podcast Brunch Club. So what did you learn this month? Yeah, I grew up in the middle of the country. I grew up in Minnesota. And so I did not visit the ocean until I was in college. So I don't, I never knew anything about the ocean. Mm -hmm. So I'm still learning. And so I learned a lot. But I think the thing that I found most interesting was the idea of crossbreeding animals in the ocean and what that does to the overall ecosystem. I thought that was fascinating how the migration patterns of the lobsters going to different temperatures of water Mm -hmm. was fascinating to me that that could impact the whole food chain. Yeah. So not to put any pressure on you, but for those of our listeners who maybe didn't listen to the episode of Outside In, it was called An American Lobster in Stockholm. Can you give them a brief overview? Right. So the episode was about some researchers in Sweden who noticed that their population of lobsters was being impacted. I believe it was the Swedish lobster population was decreasing. And they figured out that there were American lobsters that had been migrating across the ocean. And there was this debate between the Swedes and the Americans basically about is this actually a thing or not? Is it a problem that there's crossbreeding going on? Is it really going on? And some of the Americans involved are saying this is not an actual issue. So the whole podcast was just about this debate and what does it mean for ocean animal conservation? I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah, that was a really fascinating episode. I also really liked the My Ocean podcast episode about diving in style with Karina Oliani. She's the woman who 
dove with sharks and beautiful ball gowns. And some of the statistics that they threw out there in that episode just rocked my world. I mean, I really, <laughs> at one point, rewinded because I was like, I did not hear that right. 11,000 sharks are being killed every hour. That's insane, wow. you know? And then the other statistics I remember hearing as we were listening to the playlist, and I may not have even heard it on the playlist because I listened to a lot of episodes as we were curating the list. But something like a ton of plastic is being dumped into the ocean every four seconds. And I could be wrong. It could be a ton of garbage, but I don't know. Either way, that's insane. It's completely crazy. And I was talking to this about about this with John, my fiance, and he was like that. We're not doing that. That we're not we're not dumping our plastic, <laughs> you know. Because we first of all we we don't live near the ocean and mm-hmm. we recycle. And I'm like, okay, but w- something we're doing has to be contributing to this. And mm-hmm. I remember hearing again on another podcast. I don't remember if it was on the final playlist that you could be hiking in the desert. And just throw a bottle into a canyon. And then the rainy season comes six months later and just wash, brings that rainwater and those canyons turn into rivers and it takes it out to the ocean. So even things that we're doing inland, even if you're not on a coast and you were in uh, Minnesota, the land of lakes, right? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And I'm in Chicago, which is on Lake Michigan. And, you know, all of our waterways feed into the ocean eventually. Right. So it's really important to think about what we're doing regardless of where we live and whether we recycle. This whole pl- plastics debate is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see how many plastic bags I get from the grocery store and I feel guilty about it. And I try as much to bring them back to the grocery store to they, they have recycle bins. And even mm-hmm. just like going to Costco and getting a giant thing of Tide you know, and then being done with it and being like, well, okay, this thing is indestructible, but it's garbage. Yeah. The whole playlist is speaking of the recycling thing that the this playlist in particular made me really think about the things I'm even putting into the recycling bin. Mm-hmm. Like we recycle, but my recycling bin is really small and we jam it full. It, we do get a pickup every week, so that's cool. But the things that we put in there, I, I've been thinking the same thing. Like, why do we need to use these containers in the first place you know yes yeah, some of it's recycled but you know it doesn't all get recycled yeah. into and then else. recycled into know. what other plastic right that we then right. throw away who cares yeah i don't know like the and then uh, you know the fact that the plastic is leaching into the water and then the fish are eating the plastic and then we're eating the fish yeah so yep we're eating plastic we're mm-hmm. polluting our own bodies it's sort of crazy Yeah. And part of this uh, whole exercise for me is I've always been really fascinated by the ocean and marine biology, but I was like, okay, I'm just going to bite the bullet. It's $10 to buy the Blue Planet 2 season that BBC just put out. And I Mm -hmm. highly, highly recommend it to everybody out there. It is amazing. It's $10 on Amazon to get like the, you know, digital version. It's eight episodes and it is phenomenal. It's so good. Mm. See, your learning led you all kinds of places. I know. I'm checking out my local recycling. You're you're getting the Blue Planet season two. Yeah. It's great. I know. It's fun to learn new things. <laughs> that's what I love about podcasts. I mean, like that's that's like my primary thing is I want to learn about stuff I don't know about. And 
I loved this playlist. I thought it was fascinating. And I think those are some of my favorite podcast brunch club playlists where I think, oh, this is a topic. I don't really know anything about it. So I don't even know if I'm going to like it. And Mm -hmm. then usually nine times out of 10, I love it because it's just, I learned something I didn't know. Yeah. And I should mention that Pia specifically wanted September because Coastal Cleanup Day is on September 15th. And there are lots of organizations all over the world that are organizing coastal cleanup events. And she wanted to get the word out to all of the podcast brunch club members across the world that, you know, there are events happening where you live. There most likely are events happening where you live. Just look into it. There are a couple of links on the playlist at the top in the intro. There's a a couple of links to events that are happening around the world. So I just want to put that pitch out there. Go and spend a day picking up trash along whatever waterway you're close to. Definitely. So I asked the Podcast Brunch Club community, why are you drawn to the ocean or not drawn to the ocean? Maybe you're afraid of the ocean. So tell us why. Let's listen to what they had to say. Hi, this is Sam Evans-Brown, host of Outside In, and this is kind of nerdy, but uh, my favorite thing about the ocean is its effect in moderating the climate of a place. So uh, I'm thinking of this because I lived for a short time in Ushuaia, Argentina, which is the southernmost city in the world, and it's very, very uh, close to the Antarctic, but even so has a pretty temperate climate because it's so surrounded on many sides by ocean. And if you venture just a little bit inland from the city itself, uh, there's a, there's a sort of a, the, the toe of the Andes reaches down to the tip of Patagonia. And if you venture just a little bit inland uh, past that first row of mountains, it becomes dramatically colder. And that effect is something that I've always found really, really fascinating. Hi, Podcast Brunch Club. This is Stephanie from the Virtual Expat Podcast. And your question is, why are you drawn or not drawn to the ocean? But I'm going to answer, why are you drawn to the ocean? There is a sense of smallness that I get when I look at the ocean. And that is humbling and beautiful. And although I feel small, I feel like I'm also connected to something much bigger. So it's grounding it's beautiful. The sound of the ocean is uh, is meditative. I just think it's one of the most wonderful experiences, one of the most wonderful places to be in the world. And I often have to be near water, especially an ocean, in order to feel grounded and happy in my daily life. So thank you for the question. This was fun. Hi, this is Alexis Brown from the My Ocean podcast from OceanWise. And I'm drawn to the ocean because it calms my mind. I live in a city near the ocean in Vancouver, Canada, and I'm lucky enough to be able to see it most days. And there's something about it that just soothes me. On my first episode of the podcast, I talked to Wallace J. Nichols, who's the author of a book called Blue Mind, and he talks about the science behind that, why water does this for us. And I think it's really important to keep that in mind, all the mental benefits of being in near on or underwater. And I think it gives us reason to protect it. So When I think about my ocean and why I love it so much, I think about what it offers me and that's what drives me to think about the ways that I can conserve it and that I can help all the amazing marine life that lives under the surface because it really does give us so much. 
This is Pia with the Minneapolis Podcast Brunch Club chapter. Why am I drawn to the ocean? I'm drawn to the ocean because the ocean is beautiful. It's so interesting. I have always been obsessed with 20,000 leagues under the sea, and I find the ocean absolutely fascinating because we only know so little of it. They say we know more about our moon and mapping the moon than we do of our ocean bed. So I find it just so interesting to learn more and help protect it. Now, because this is basically how every podcast brunch club meeting ever goes, <laughs> we are going to diverge and talk about what we've been loving in yeah. podcasts. Yeah. So, Sarah, I know that you just put out another post on Audible Feast. Why don't you tell everybody about that? Yeah. So I have been a little bit, I don't think I've had writer's block per se, but I just have, I kind of took the summer off from writing reviews. I still put out my best stuff that I've heard every week, but I just took the summer off to think about what do I really want to review in the future? What what shows do I really want to focus on? I listen to so much stuff, as you know, Mm -hmm. that it's really hard to narrow it down sometimes. And, you know, because I want to give every show that I review at least five or six listens, uh, I struggle with finding the time to do that when I want to listen to such a variety of things. So I might have to adjust that in the future. So instead, I was thinking about the other things that I would want to say about podcasting. I've been feeling really like I've been reading a lot of stuff lately about things that are wrong with podcasts or like basically complaints like, Mm -hmm. oh, podcasts should be doing more of this, that, the other thing. And I just wanted to bring a voice of positivity to the medium because I really, I said it at the top of the show, I get so much from listening to podcasts. It's made me, one of my favorite things that I say is that it's made me a more interesting person. (laughs) Like I'm a more, I'm like a cooler person slightly because I know a lot more about different things i am not in my little bubble right podcasting helps an introvert like me find out about things that other people might find out about by by talking yeah and i feel like listening to podcasts can also kind of um first of all train you to listen because you can't not listen right like you can't interrupt a podcast but by way of listening, you're developing empathy. Yeah. And so there's that element of it too. Yeah. So I wanted to write this article and it, uh, I feel like it kind of became a manifesto, but it's on my website. It's uh, the article's name is What Excites This Podcast Critic in 2018. And I talk a little bit about how I started writing back in 2015. It's almost my three year anniversary wow. of Audible Feast. Can't believe it that I've been going strong this long, but that's awesome. Um, yeah, congrats. Thanks. And I've been thinking about the things that have kind of been this resonating themes over the whole time and things that I have seen increasing, especially over the last year, things that I've seen a lot more of. So the things that I talk about in the article, and I, I really hope you do read it. I spent so many hours putting mm-hmm. this together, and this is kind of my love letter to podcasting right now. <laughs> Here's the things that I wrote about. The number one thing that I love the most about podcasting is how diverse it is and how it's not just diversity of, you know, your skin color or your background, but it's the diversity of what you have to say. And I love that, that 
everyone has comes to the table with an equal voice. It encourages the idea that everyone who is talking has worth. I love that. And it's just a, it's a low barrier to entry medium. So anyone can do it. And I just love that. Yeah. I mean, I would add to that in terms of diversity. And yes, there's a diversity of voice and there's diversity of race and gender and all of that stuff. But I feel like there's also such a diversity in topic and format that Mm -hmm. there's room there. You know, like there's so much room in the podcasting medium for, you know, for people to create and be creative. So Mm -hmm. I don't know, like these listicles of these are the top 10 things you need to do to make a good podcast. Those kind of bug me because they're like formulaic. It's not a formula. No. It also depends on who you're doing it for. I mean, yeah, podcasting should be about the audience, but it can also be a selfish thing. You can do it for you. If you get joy out of it, do it. Nobody should tell you not to do it. Totally. And I, well, that's another one of the things that I list is I talk about how podcasters are taking risks. They're, yes. they're not necessarily sticking to the formula. They're changing things up entirely. Yeah. I mentioned about how Gimlet, I think for probably some of the crit- criticism that the network took, they made some big changes in their slate. They canceled some shows that were very beloved by people mm-hmm. and they made some big, big changes. And I think that's great. Like, I just, I think small shows do it too. They take risks and they change up the format or they just put out something that is not like something they've put out in the past and just try it. And again, it's this low barrier to entry ability. It it takes you time and it takes your talent to try something new. But I love that, that there's this risk-taking trend, I feel, especially in the last year. Yeah, um, for so sure. that was another thing that I I loved, and I also a couple other things. You know, you and I have talked many times about investigative reporting, mm-hmm. investigative journalism. I really feel like that is taking the spotlight from true crime, but I think it's showing that really good journalism works really well in audio yeah, format. Totally, and for generations that are reading less and less, right? That's a great way to share really good reporting that I feel really needs to be heard. Yeah, I mean, I feel like storytelling is one of those game changers. And you can integrate storytelling into so many different formats. And that Mm -hmm. sort of is why some of the investigative journalism podcasts that you love I feel like that's what makes them so good is they're telling a story. They're telling a true story, but it's still a story. And I remember reading something. I'm I'm in communications. Something like a story about one person is way more compelling than a story about two people. Mm. And a story about two people is way more compelling than a story about a million people. So even if you're trying to tell, like, say, the story of race in the prison system. I mean, you can take the bird's eye view and say, well, there's mm-hmm. this many millions of people that are in prison and this percentage is this color and this percentage is that color. And that is, it is compelling when you look at it. Like I know that 11,000 sharks are being killed every hour and that's crazy. But if you told the one story of say like one prisoner 
right? And got me really, really involved in that one prisoner's life and sort of told the bigger story about race in prisons through the lens of that one prisoner. That is really going to move me more. I totally agree. Yeah. So I feel like it's this beautiful woven blanket of storytelling and journalism and investigating and fact finding and digging and all that stuff that makes these podcasts amazing. Mm -hmm. So did you, through your little manifesto project, did you, did you discover anything, any podcasts that you want to recommend? (laughs) Well, so I put this article out into the, you know, social media, uh, ether And I had someone respond to me saying, oh, I think that my show actually does a lot of these things on this list. And that makes me feel really good. Oh, cool. And they didn't ask me to listen to the show. I was just like, oh, that's a really nice thing to say. And yesterday I spent the entire day binging this show. It's called Dear Young Rocker. What's it called? It's Dear Young Rocker. Okay. And it's by a woman who kind of grew up as a rock girl. She went through a lot of things in her childhood where she felt uncomfortable in her skin. She felt like, oh, I want to learn guitar. And this place that I feel really at home is listening to rock music and trying to learn it and play it on my guitar. And I feel really awkward in my school. I don't really know if I like boys, but I'm I feel like I'm supposed to. Um so she ends up being in a band and that kind of changes her life a little bit. And I just like I just love this show. It's meant to be a memoir written to young adults that may be in the same same stage or maybe had gone through this at the same time and younger girls who maybe are in middle school, high school, where they might be in that point right now where they're like, I don't feel like I fit in. I don't know. It's just so genuine and sincere. And I just can't recommend it enough. I am going to write about it on the website for sure. But uh, be probably get this episode out before I get a chance to do that. So I hope you go take a listen to Dear Young Rocker. It's really good. And so it's it's autobiographical. Yes. So it is. it's it's nonfiction. Correct. And is it a, it's a sort of a story? Yeah, it's chronological. So it's a kind of a dual thing. She'll say, "Dear Young Rocker," and then address to the listener, like, "Okay, okay you might be thinking that you feel this way right now." But then she'll talk about, let me let me tell you about what happened in my life. And there's great sound mixing in there. So okay. it's not just one person, you know, reading a diary or something. It's although I, I really like that kind of show, too. Yeah. But um, it's more she she actually wrote this as a book and she turned it into an audio production. So it's very um, creative how she mixes sound in. Sometimes she'll have you know yeah sounds of like sort of slurping with a kiss or something like that. Oh <laughs> like a you know you you take yourself back to that moment when you're like oh my gosh it was yeah. like so uncomfortable Ugh. i know so, i don't feel like great. anybody would want, like if they could go back to 13 i don't i can't imagine anybody wanting to do that M- maybe boys <laughs> yeah so I will have many more recommendations definitely check out my website audible feast for 
the write-up on Dear Young Rocker. But that'll close us out for this month. We really appreciate that you joined us. We will be coming to your feed soon with more interviews with the creators of the shows on this month's playlist. You can get in touch with us anytime through the Podcast Brunch Club or Audible Feast websites. Happy listening. Awesome. Hey everyone, this is Steve. I'm the leader of the Minneapolis chapter of the Podcast Brunch Club, and I'm here with a little housekeeping. Most importantly, please rate and review the Podcast Brunch Club podcast on your podcast player of choice. It's really helpful. The music you heard this month was from two artists, Body Surfer and Silicon Transmitter. Their music can be downloaded from freemusicarchive.org. Podcast Brunch Club is organized by our fearless leader, Adela. Adela's co-host on the podcast is Sarah DeSilva, the leader of the Houston chapter of the Podcast Brunch Club and founder of Audible Feast. Lastly, audio editing is done by me, Steven Zampanti. You can connect with me on my website, conceptualpodcasting.com. Thanks, and happy listening.